1: happy hump day it is me your managing editor for wrestling nick nick houseman back here with another episode of the winkly and i'm joined here as i am just about every wednesday by our good friend justin labar justin welcome back to the winkly
2: Listen to you back with your big boy voice, a little bass in that voice, of Stone Cold would say.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it still hurts to cough. Uh, we pinned it down to a bursted blood vessel in my throat, which uh, was very, very painful. But uh, I, 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 it's not 100%, but it's good enough to do what I just get, did for everybody out there.
2: And we appreciate it. <laughs> Which
1: is a treat. Uh, well, we got a big show for you guys today. Uh, a lot of news here for the past 24 hours that Justin and I are going to get into. Uh, but after the news, more uh, interviews here this week. We got three pieces of audio to slam into your ear holes. Of course, uh, Monday, uh, we broke the news. I broke the news that Bellator has made a uh, an offer to TJ Perkins, Impact Wrestling's TJ Perkins, uh, to come fight in Bellator. A lot of questions around uh, this offer. A lot of people asking, can TJ even fight? Well, we got all the answers for you here today on Wednesday. I took uh, uh, some time yesterday to talk with TJ for an interview largely just about this Bellator fight. So you're going to hear all that from TJP here right after the news. Uh, hear about his training, hear about the negotiations with Bellator. A lot of exclusive insight. Uh, I can't wait for you all to uh, hear that one here later in the show. After TJ, you're going to hear our own Andy Malnoski. He was out in the field. He chatted with Teddy Long. So excited. More Teddy Long here on the show. Uh, And after that, we are going to have another of the StarCast media scrums. We're going to have the full audio for you from Dr. Britt Baker. So, TJP, Teddy Long, Dr. Britt Baker, and of course, me and Justin talking the news. News you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. And let's get to it here right away. Uh, We are going to start with some numbers here. Uh, We haven't talked about ratings in a while, uh, but we did get our first uh, ratings for Raw following the debut of Monday Night Football. Uh, and they are uh, the the numbers. Uh, they drew an average of 2.13 million viewers, down 15 percent from last week's 2.5. It was the second lowest non-holiday audience ever, behind the June 10th show that drew 2.125 million viewers. Uh, last year's Raw episode that went up against Monday Night Football, the same episode that was uh, against the opener on Monday Night Football, drew 2.74 million viewers. Meaning that from this point or from that point last year to this point this year, that is a 22.26% drop in audience, over a half million viewers. The first hours are 2.362, second 2.183, last hour 1.845. That is a 22% drop between hours one and three. Uh, it is the biggest one uh, hour one to hour three drop since Paul Heyman was hired as the executive director of the red brand. Um, Not a lot of great numbers here. What do you glean from numbers like this, Justin?
2: Well, it's not good news. I mean, you know, yeah, they're going up against Monday Night Football. Uh, As you just outlined, it is a significant decrease from where they were last year when kicking off against Monday Night Football. Um, You know, and they had Stone Cold Steve Austin. They're promoting around this. Uh, But, you know, I think this kind of shows you that, like, fans have called on uh, that. You know, I mean, look, it was just a few weeks ago. They had Austin on early in the summer. Um, you know, when they had all the other legends, and you know, we can kind of take away from that, yeah, it was great to see him, and he's always kind of funny when he gets to have a live mic and just be himself, you know, but there really wasn't much purpose. And even here, they at least put him in the context of supposing to have a purpose, which was to moderate this contract signing, and he, you know, and, and he even stunned somebody. Uh, but even still, you know, it's like it's kind of like WWE's using up their magic bullets, which AKA are, are getting these high profile legends to come out and make appearances, you know, yeah. but we see, we but, we but when we see Austin, you know, not doing much a few weeks ago doesn't give you high hopes that he's going to do anything that must see to, to tune in on this week. And then you know the same thing with the Undertaker last night on SmackDown. You know when it's just a kind of a one-off, let's choke slam somebody. Uh, it's just uh, you know the, the the bullets all of a sudden aren't 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 magic anymore.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I was very surprised by these numbers because uh, like you brought up, so-called Steve Austin uh, book ending the show. He made that surprise appearance there at the end. Uh, that ten man tag. Uh, doesn't seem to have resonated I, that big drop there uh, underneath two million hour uh, two million views for that third hour uh just you know uh, a little surprising I will say I was also watching the Texans Saints game at the same time that was a very very good game I don't know if you had a chance for sure to, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a that was a nail biter game that was ended in the final seconds of the game very good game but that's not an excuse they still got to put up an entertaining product to, to draw people away from that and I, I don't know man I, I don't know what's What's grabbing people? Over a half million viewers from last year to this year—that's
2: startling to me. It's startling, and it's just—it's just amazing. Like numbers are down, live event, like business across the board. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, they they gain some network subscribers, but like so many categories are down, and yet they're getting ready to come into some of the most money they've ever had with with TV deals. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but, it, but, but I mean, again, they better. And you know, we keep saying we keep waiting for October. You just keep waiting for them to. I don't. I don't. I don't often curse on the show. You just wait for them to get the shit together.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and you know you wonder what that is, right? You know you wonder what it is. that's going to be that big thing that drives them forward because I haven't really seen. I mean, you know, there's been little improvements here and there. I think there's been uh, some some good storytelling here and there, but largely, you know, ever since Heyman and, and Bischoff came in, it, it, it doesn't feel that different to me. I mean, I it just it doesn't. Other than a, you know, okay, Eric it sounds like maybe was uh, had a hand in whatever this Roman Reigns Buddy Murphy Eric Rowe and Daniel Bryan thing was Paul's done a couple interesting things with Broad Strowman but by and large these shows don't feel that different to me quite yet
2: uh, over the larger scope they don't you know there was that little window of a couple of weeks when 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 we first learned that Heyman was coming into the power that he was coming into where you know they did the the real hot start of uh, I think it was with with Lashley, right? Lashley and Strowman, where the, you know, they went through the stage and the different camera angles of how they started that. And you know, we had some we had some things that we were we were you know glowing about on the show, like all right, this feel this feels must see the pacing, the segues. Um, but it, yeah, it even feels like that's kind of flat lined out.
1: Yeah, well, uh, we'll see. Maybe NXT will be that brand to really shake things up and give uh, WWE fans something different. And uh, on that note, uh, this next story we've got here it does have a bit of an NXT tie into it. So we'll start with the fact that Elias was pulled from the King of the Ring tournament last night on SmackDown due to an undisclosed injury. Uh, PWInsider.com now reporting that Elias is suffering from a legitimate ankle injury. So this was not just something they did because they wanted to mess with the tournament structure. Uh, Shane McMahon replaced Elias. He went up against Chad Gable. He uh, went and got Kevin Owens. He said, Owens, you're going to be the referee. And if I win, the, he basically applied, if I win this bout, I'm going to waive that $100,000 fine that you've got uh, over your head here um, because of uh, uh, past interactions we've had. So Owens reluctantly takes this referee garb. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, he does the right thing. He uh, gives Gable the win over Shane McMahon after Shane McMahon is stopped, restarted, two out of three falls, all these things. Gable does eventually get the win here. Um, and then Shane McMahon fires Kevin Owens dramatically to end the show. Uh, following SmackDown, Owens took to Twitter and he tweeted out 142420, which numerically lines up with the number or lines up with the letters NXT. So implying maybe that Kevin Owens, after getting fired here from SmackDown, could be going back down to NXT. Now, PWInsider.com reporting that the idea to go with Shane was given by Vince. A uh, Battle Royal was also considered to find Gable a new opponent. I honestly, I think that the Shane idea was probably better than a Battle Royal. Um, and uh, lastly here, of all of this King of the, Ro- King of the Ring, Kevin Owens, NXT News, the uh, main event, the finals of the King of the Ring tournament no longer are going to take place at the WWE Clash of Champions. They are now going to take place next Monday night on Raw, which this has been a very exciting tournament. I think a lot of people have looked really good. If you're trying to get those ratings up for Raw, I think this is a great thing to do. I don't think it needed to be on Clash of Champions, but just another final change there. A lot to take in, Justin. What uh, what pops out at you here?
2: Uh, well, I, I think I'm pretty sure that Kevin Owens is going to go to NXT, and this actually kind of all plays out well because, yeah, Shane is better than a Battle Royal. Shane gets a lot of heat uh, right now. He's kind of right there with Baron Corbin in terms of he gets a lot of heat, whether, you know, whether it's the heat that fans like or don't like, whatever it's heat um you know so and gable won both falls it wasn't like you know shane got any got any leg up on gable uh, so gable looks good going into the finals that'll be fun to watch at monday night raw as you said um but it t- but the kevin owens thing actually really ties well um you know shane fires kevin owens uh you know they've already fought i mean you know kevin owens and shane they've done everything there is to do so there's really not not much more payoff you can have between those two physically, but the payoff can be she fires him because he's, you know, being an egomaniac, uh, you know, r- rich kid, you know, b- boss. Um, and, and the payoff is in the form of NXT gets a reward and gets to have Kevin you know, Oh, SmackDown fired me. Well, guess what? Triple H just hired me to be on NXT. Yeah. Um, and obviously Kevin Owens had a great run on NXT before he came up to the, the raw and SmackDown rosters. And, uh, and obviously NXT is moving to, Start their live programming next week, uh, a week from today. In fact, and so um, you know that's, that's a great way to kick off is having having a credible guy who's who's been a universal champion uh, and 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 Intercontinental champion and U.S. champion uh, come be on that brand. It's, it's what we've talked about having some Raw or SmackDown people you know cross over. Yeah. So I, I think this actually really ties together quite well.
1: I think so too. I I thought this was a lot of wins. Uh, I even kind of liked the finish of the show with Shane McMahon just going off the chain, and he fired him like twice, like crawled up on him, you know. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was compelling stuff. I also liked uh, Owens going to NXT. I wonder if we see uh, more talent, find reasons to be moved to NXT. I think Sami Zayn is obviously in a place where I think he'd probably do better at NXT. He's just jobbing out right now and taking choke slams from The Undertaker. But, you know, a guy like him, Shinsuke Nakamura, I think would be great down in NXT. And, of course, Finn Balor. You know, get those, get the, get, the, get the gang back together here. There's a whole bunch of guys that didn't successfully really translate over to the main roster that well. I think Owen's better than most. But some of these guys, they could find new life down in NXT right now and be be welcomed.
2: Well, they could. You know, I mean, certainly all those guys you named all had arguably better NXT runs in the system of how NXT is operated than they have in the shuffle overall of SmackDown. Um, I do think and I mean not a knocked any of them, I do think I, I do think that, you know, if, if you're gonna bring some star if you're gonna bring some talent over to NXT from or SmackDown, I do think that you need to and know Owens is a good one. I think you need more like Owens who have you know, Zayn Zane and Nakamura and even Finn don't have a ton of raw or SmackDown credibility just be by the way they've been booked. I mean, yeah, the, you know, there's been a you know mid card title here and there between all of them and such, but uh, you know, I do think you need to look at like potentially just a, a step up of, of a slightly bigger name. Who's really going to, again, move the needle of like, wow, I need to see this person. And there's not, I mean, there's not a ton of those right now in WWE, unfortunately. Um, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't just look to those who had successful NXT careers that we need to bring back. To NXT. I, I would look literally just to see like, Hey, can we, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to even find the right appropriate person, but I, I would just look to maybe a little bit more main event level guys. Is there one or two more other guys that we can afford to, to have over there um you know maybe not you know with them moving to smackdown stuff or smackdown moving to fox maybe not maybe they don't have a lot of main event guys that can afford to go to nxt but you know I-, I would just i wouldn't i wouldn't worry about trying to recreate what was in nxt a couple years ago as much as just what's something fresh that's must see
1: okay that's fine i would go back to the well i really enjoy i loved finn balor and shinsuke on top i thought they had great runs in nxt if nxt is going to be this viable third brand and you're looking for bigger names you know like you say shinsuke and finn haven't built up a lot of credibility on raw and smackdown here they built up a lot of credibility in nxt i just think it's a i think it's a win-win for everybody they're doing anything right now with them on tv at least give them a place they can run around and have fun and and with an audience that will get behind them so um that's all i'm saying um uh the other the other couple items coming out of here elias uh injured here we don't really know too much about this injury how long it will be out but man shane mcmahon's new wave mean street posse cursed man yesterday it was drew mcintyre today it's elias um a lot of guys uh, going down right now i guess is my only observation <laughs> that's it yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they work they work four nights a week it's gonna happen
1: um and then lastly you know gable corbin that is gonna be our finals here um, they moved it to Raw off of Clash. I wonder if it's because Corbin is gonna win this thing and they would not want that on their pay per view. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I th- I think well, maybe or maybe they just again as they start to do, they start to time out and realize how much they have for a pay per view and, and and it seems like they've been making a it seems recently that their pay per views they've been making a conscious effort not to have them be as long as some of them have been in the past. So, um Yes, yeah, so I again. I'm great. Great call to move move that to, to roll.
1: You think it's a given Corbin takes this thing?
2: I don't think it's a given. No, I don't. I again, well, as I've said, I, I like heels as the King of the Rings, King of the Ring, Crown winners better. But, um, but I don't know. You know, they. I mean, the the Chad Gable thing just kind of came out of nowhere. But, but he's rolling and rolling, and so I mean, Corbin's already a made heel. You know, he's retired Kurt Angle and he's done all the, you know, he's got, he's got all the heat. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's any, I don't know if there's any more heat that he can garner is my point. So this would certainly, this could do something for Chad Gable. So we'll I, see.
1: I don't know. King Chad. It just doesn't do anything for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't call him King
3: Chad. It's but... what his
1: name would be. I, it just is, I, I don't, I think there's a lot more that you could do with a, a heel King Corbin. Uh, I think that Gable would just look. I think he'd look goofy in that crown and, and cape with the scepter and everything. Well, he,
2: I'm not saying he needs to come to the ring wearing that every from now on, but you know he can be Chad King Gable, or he can be, uh, you know, he can just be the guy who just was. I mean, who knows? Maybe this is this. Well, I don't. know. I was gonna say maybe this is a segue for him to become. Cocky, arrogant, and annoying, and it becomes a heel. But he, he wrestles such a babyface style. So. Yeah,
1: they're gonna keep him baby. I think that this was all. Uh, I think that they used it. They gave him a bunch of wins. They let him be showcased. They put him right there. But I think that you know, I, I as soon as I saw the announcer for this, first thing I tweeted. I can't wait for King Baron Corbin. Here we are. It seems so obvious. I don't even want to think too hard about it. You know.
2: I'll I'll tell you what, though, in 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 every fan doing their bracketology, us included, ain't nobody put any money on Chad Gable when he was in the bracket. I don't even think we. I don't even think we picked Chad Gable to get out of the first round. So this is pretty impressive.
1: Agreed, King Chad. I just can't see it. Um. All right, we got a couple other uh, updates here on Clash the Champions matches. Uh, Cedric Alexander will now officially face AJ Styles for the U.S. title, and Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan is now no DQ. Um, Eric Rowan, man, hottest a deal on SmackDown right now. It's so wild that this guy is getting this push right now. I feel bad for I I should say I feel bad for Daniel Bryan, but I it's just so weird to me that he's he's a backdrop character to this giant Eric Rowan push at the moment.
2: Well, I don't think it's a. I mean, I, I think and probably the reason for the no DQ, I'm sure. Brian's gonna surface, and we're gonna get some more revealing of whatever we're supposed to be finding out here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a big, you know, it's a big push for Eric Rowan as a single star. I mean, he, you know, he's always been, he's always just been, you know, bunched in, you know, whether it's with the Wyatt family or one half of the Bludgeon Brothers. So I maybe mean, this is the most stand on his own he's getting to do. Um, the brawl and the pull apart I thought was really good very on SmackDown. Good, um, good. You know, it's still a case of he just, I and mean, then it's probably comes from lack of lack of reps, lack of needing to, but he just, when he opens his mouth, he just doesn't sound like what I think this monster, Eric Rowan, needs to sound like.
1: Yeah, he's an intellectual, man. That's his thing. He's like a, he's, what was he, he's a winemaker, right? Isn't that what we learned about him a couple of years ago? He could do Rubik's cubes really fast. He's a smart man.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's just his voice. It just it, 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 Nothing about his tone, nothing, just it, nothing really... He's fine until he opens his mouth, and I and I feel like it just it, we we lose we lose what, what what the physicality, we lose what what we, what the physicality makes us believe. We start to lose that when he opens his mouth. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, physically, yeah, I thought that was one of the best pull aparts I'd seen uh, in a while. It was just very well done. Do you think uh, with Daniel Bryan here at the clash, you think he helps Eric Rowan win? And he was in on it the whole time. They were working together. He allowed himself to be thrown through the table as a martyr.
2: Uh, I mean, well, I, I, probably, I mean, you know, like probably, I mean, I, I don't think Brian's just going to like escape out of this, having not had his hands dirty at all. I, I would assume,
1: right? I would think so. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, well, uh, after Raw or after SmackDown went off the air last night and after 205 Live was over, the fans retreated to a dark match where I've also read that this was recorded for main event. I'm not really sure. Um, but the Fiend defeated the B team in a handicapped squash match. Uh, the entrance was actually longer than the match the match only lasted about a minute uh, of note I watched the video the fan cam video of this uh, it, very dramatic uh, the entrance of course and he still had his lanterns So everybody who was worried Bray Wyatt his lantern is still intact what do you think the uh, what, what do you think the logic was here of bringing the fiend out for a second match and a dark match squash over the B team uh,
2: needing to tell, needing to sell tickets um. yeah you know, need to sell tickets. Uh, you know, obviously they had, they announced Austin and Taker weeks ago. Even that didn't get the sell. I mean, uh, that didn't get the out. So okay, what's something that we can give MSG that uh, that, that that that's special? And, and the Fiend has only had one match. Um, so you know, something something sell t- I mean, and, and mind you, and I, I not selling tickets, and, and 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 the tickets didn't get sold out. I don't know if it's. I don't think it's just on account of lack of interest for WWE, or that stone cold and taker aren't interesting but as i've talked but the ticket prices were insane and uh, and i talked about in the past this is the first time WWE's done tv at msg for a while they stopped doing it because it cost so much to do tv at msg which is why they started doing the barclays center and it seems events just you know obviously did not want to take a loss financially so in order to make up the money that they needed to cover all expenses you know to do tv there the ticket prices were just uh higher than they normally would be and and I, I think that i think that hurt them i think that really i think that did that I, I think that's the reason why they uh you know monday night raw they were they, they put the lower gra- the lower third graphic promoting smackdown the next night and, and with in big bold letters tickets still available and, and, and lincoln ticketmaster like the night before SmackDown, they're still saying tickets available i think it was you know ticket prices and such and uh, but yeah i think the fiend thing you know i haven't seen the, the, the fan cam video i'll definitely see, uh, look for it after after the show, but, um, yeah, yeah I think it was just a, an easy way to try to just, you know, keep people there and, and, try to get them in the door.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you know the fiend he could show up and squash his brother and his friend, Curtis Axel, the B team, you know, maybe more likely to come out. They definitely, I think, I think they realize they got to put this guy out there more right now. He is a draw. If you if, if you know, you're going go to go you're not going to see him on shows. It's not as enticing. Now when you throw him out there surprising like this, yeah, maybe you are more likely to put that money down. Uh, well, also in the world of Bray Wyatt, of course he had his latest Firefly Funhouse On Monday night, Uh, his clock read 316, and he said his clock's been reading 316 ever since Stone Cold showed up, and he fixed it by hitting it with a hammer, and now the clock is set to 1119. Now, what is 1119? A lot of speculation. Bray Wyatt himself has said maybe it has multiple meanings. Um, Many believe that the inclusion of 1119 is a direct nod to The Undertaker's first appearance at WWE. He debuted on November 19, 1990, uh, as the character then known as Kane the Undertaker, he appeared on an episode of WWF superstars and would eventually spawn, you know, the legendary career that he had. Do you think that that's what this is? You think 1119 is this a little nod to the undertaker?
2: I think it's a nod. Um, especially in the context of, you know, he was talking about a legend in stone cold, Steve Austin and, and, and was using Austin's numbers to three sixteen, and then hits the clock. And now goes to another, you no, know, so now it's probably going to switch to another legend. So, you know, I think, I think, I think, the reason that they chose 1119 was probably a, not an undertaker and maybe it was just okay let's see how many fans figure this out now whether or not does that mean whether or not does that mean we're going to get a payoff you know remains to be seen it might have just been well we just need to change the clock to something and let's just give people something to buzz about like we're buzzing about right now sure. but i don't know if that you know you could you know cuz you know they aired it on monday and then the next night they're promoting and hyping taker so you're kind of like well this could be a, just a direct segue of in, in a little a little hidden clue of what's to come and the fiends can attack the undertaker like he's attacked several other legends um that could still happen and you'd think if the undertaker is gonna have a match you would think it's gonna be a big event like a survivor series or like a wrestlemania so it still could happen in the future um we have to remain to be seen but yes i do think that when filming the promo and they decided to change decided to do the clock gimmick and they said okay well what are we going to change it to if it's not 316 i do think that there were, there was probably that that probably was the, the hidden meaning of why they did that
1: a little weird that Sami Zayn was the one to cut off undertaker when I, I mean like in my gut, I was like, Oh man, this is going to be the Bray Wyatt spot here. I wonder if that was something they would be talking about and changed it to Sammy last uh, it, second.
2: Yeah, it's possible. They, it, it's possible that they considered it. Um, maybe they changed it. Cause I said, no, look, if we're going to have Bray fighting for the title first, let's not, let's, <laughs> let's do one thing. At, let's do one thing at a time here. I mean, I, I don't know. It could be a lot of things, but yeah, I, I definitely, I do think, at least when filming, the point of it was just to be a little hidden nod at Undertaker. Um, but then, you know, but then at the same point, they put 1119, which is, you know, which you got to do your research and know that he was Kane the Undertaker for his very, very first appearance. Uh, but, you know, they could have done uh, 1122, which was the actual date of Survivor Series, within which he. Uh, in which he he debuted, which is my birthday, by the way.
1: There you go. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. You know, it is is a little odd to me. It's like, yeah, you're either going to be taking on Braun or Seth. You'd think that'd be the focus here, but this is a complete red herring. I kind of like the unpredictability of Bray Wyatt, but it does look like he's looking beyond the universal title, which is a little weird since that's supposed to be like the end-all be-all to me. You know, I still, look, I was upset that uh, uh, Undertaker beat Bray Wyatt years ago at WrestleMania, if this all uh, at some point leads to Bray Wyatt getting a big victory over Undertaker at WrestleMania, I'm all for it. I think that I, 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 he's the logical heir to the throne of the supernatural entity in WWE. So,
2: and, and and I agree with all that. I mean, I was at that mania when it was Bray Wyatt versus Undertaker. It was somewhat underwhelming. Um, I think if I remember correctly, I think it was Bray was actually dealing with an injury. I think it was. So that, I think that kind of limited them. Um, but, but you're, you're right. He seems like he's kind of the heir to the throne to that to that 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 category and like we talked about a minute ago about um you know about the fiend being you know attraction to you know a dark match attraction to try to sell tickets and we joke you know the entrance is longer than the match and that's yeah right now the fiend you know you you know you know the fiend's not gonna lose you know he's gonna beat uh in a squash match these two the, the b team but to see him is what the draw is just to see the entrance and that's very much what the undertaker was for a lot of years still still is to an extent you you know the guy can work in the ring and can put on a 30-minute classic with a Shawn michaels if he has to but the the attraction of when you announce the undertaker's gonna be there is you want to see the entrance you want to hear that that gong you want to hear the thunder and lightning so um there's a lot of similarities to 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 to, to pawn from these two guys
1: uh let's switch gears here we'll talk a little bit about wwe's commentary situation uh nxt's dio madden aka former houston texan brennan williams heard of him very popular Famous man. I don't know why they changed his name. He has joined Vic Joseph and Aiden English on 205 Live Commentary. Uh, Nigel McGinnis, uh, as they pointed out, will now be full time with NXT alongside Moro Ronaldo and Beth Phoenix. And just before we went on the air, uh, you brought to my attention a, po- a post we have right now up on uh, Wrestling Inc. Uh, it, it is uh, news coming out of at Wrestle Votes. Um, they are saying um, that WWE is scheduled to make significant changes. To the announced teams. Uh, there's no word yet on the exact commentary team changes, but word is that all shows will be impacted, including Raw. It was also said that the return to two man, uh, that the return of the two man booth is coming. Which, if true, awesome. I uh, I read this thing. I don't really know much about Dio Madden. I haven't listened to his commentary from last night. I do want to go check it out. But Vic Joseph and English. I think would be fine on their own. I don't know why we always need a pigeonhole, a third person in the booth. I am. Uh, I like our show, Justin. It's just you and I talking. I am. A, I'm a fan of two man chemistry. Uh, I think a third voice. I think a lot of times things can get repeated. I think it can become too much. Uh, that is a welcome a bit of news to me to hear that. Uh, of course, Renee Young. It does sound like the report we read yesterday. Fox is uh, very high on Renee Young, so she could be moved over to SmackDown here. Um, what's your take here on the? Uh, the revolving door of WWE commentary teams at the moment.
2: Well, you're right. Uh, you know, three-man booths for live commentary is a problem. Um, th- 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 you know, if you're if you're in a debate format, three is fine or even four is fine. If you have like somebody in the middle kind of moderating, you can have opposite sides. But when you're talking about live commentary or something, whether it be pro wrestling or otherwise, three is tough. You know, I people may not know this, when I'm not dealing with pro wrestling, I, I run a high school sports network in Western PA. And so I have over you know, 30 broadcasters over, over you know, 20 radio stations that are affiliates with us, you know, on a Friday night football, we have over 30 broadcasts going on. And so, uh, and, and I think all of them, we make sure that they're the two man booths and maybe a sideline reporter that, that jumps in when needed, like three and three. And, and I, and I used, to, and I've done play by play and color commentary for sports three, as you said, three is just a, it, it's, it's, it's a very unnatural, unnatural setup for, for commenting again on live action. It's just it really is. It it it, it should it's there's a play by play and a color guy. Uh the, the third person is a very undefined situation.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that uh AEW's even gone the three man route. Um they have like five broadcasters right now. I don't know who they're going to boil it down to come TV. I think I think Excalibur's been great. Jim Ross is obviously Jim Ross. You got Tony Schiavone in the wings here now. I'd be interested to see him just try out just Jim Ross An Excalibur to see how that would go. I don't. I. I again. It's like I don't. I don't get the fetish for the three man booth. It's just I don't know. It's not for me. It's never been for me. You know.
2: Yeah, I don't either. And and I do think too. Back to WWE. You know, um, Michael Cole has been at this job a long time. And uh, and I know. And and I and I think Michael Cole has been kind of like, you know, he he oversees the announcers. I think he's obviously been grooming and trying to get them set up for the most success. For so when he does decide he wants to step away, um, that they're they're you know they're in good hands and and you know I, so i and this would certainly be a time i'm not saying it's going to happen but as you're making as you're kind of starting a new era you're moving fox here and whatever this would be a time certainly if you're going to shake things up um to, to shake things up again i'm not saying michael Cole is going to disappear i don't think it's going to happen this quickly and unannounced but i do think that we are he's definitely on his final his final stretch and and, and shaking things up will certainly be an indicator of uh You know, life without Michael Cole, having to be live on TV every week. And Damn, the guy deserved a break. Hmm,
1: Interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, All right. Well, uh, lastly here in our news block, uh, Seth Rollins uh, revealed some interesting news. Uh, He has met a brother and sister that he never knew he had. He tweeted out the following. In a wild turn of events, I recently found out I have a brother and a sister who is not pictured. He did share a photo of him and his brother on, on Twitter here. He said, I never knew existed. Thank you at 23 and me for bringing people together. Life is crazy awesome thing and we are all insanely lucky to get to experience it. What a crazy story. It kind of makes me want to do that 23 and me thing if I didn't know that they like own your genetic code after you take the test. And that's just creepy to me. But good for Seth here. That's wild. Can you imagine finding out like you have a famous relative you never knew you had?
2: Right? I mean, it, I mean, what a what a free what a free infomercial for 23 and me to have, I mean, I mean, you know, and then even crazier if the, uh, if the new relatives actually are pro wrestling fans uh, or at least appreciate the, the the sport. Um, yeah, I mean, what, I mean, again, what, what a great promotion for 23 and me now everybody's going to be doing 23 and me just hoping they can get somebody who's a a long lost relative. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll try Maybe, maybe, maybe Becky Lynch and I share some kind of genetics. (laughs)
1: My guess at this time can be seen every Friday night as part of Impact Wrestling. He's also a former X Division and WWE Cruiserweight Champion. It is TJP. TJ, long time no talk. Thank you very much for coming back onto the Winkley.
4: <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks again, Mick. Yeah, well, this
1: is a it's a different kind of chat we get to have here today. Now, I got wind of this offer that Bellator has put out there for you uh to come in for a fight. How how did this come up where Bellator's reaching out to TJP? about a legitimate shoot fight.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, I kind of had the same reaction that everybody else did, I guess. <laughs> you guys guess as good as mine, but, uh, uh, on, it just kind of came up. Um, I think it was around like my birthday week. I was in between, uh, travel and, uh, my manager kind of forwarded me this offer. And probably the, I don't want to say the oddest, but like, uh, the, the most out of left field uh, uh, offer I've gotten since uh, I was asked to uh, do a bar mitzvah after I left WWE. <laughs> so it was like bar mitzvah and, and this fight.
1: Did you do the bar
4: mitzvah? I did do the bar mitzvah, yeah.
1: <laughs> How was that?
4: Oh, that was killer. Uh, the uh, the kid is an aspiring pro gamer, so they kind of rented out this like gaming arena that they kind of built and put together for him. It was pretty amazing. I, I liked it a lot.
1: All right, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to get too distracted there, but <laughs> I was I was so <laughs> enticed by the, the bar mitzvah story. So t- talk to me a little bit about your background training uh, for fight. You, you have some training for a professional fight, if, if it does come to fruition, correct?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's not something that I kind of talk about a lot, I guess, because it never really seems to be totally relevant to stuff that I am doing. Um, my heart's never really been in MMA, but, um, so I could see why a lot of people would like, maybe think that it's sort of out of left field. And I would probably think the same. I still kind of think it is a little bit out of left field, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can fight a little bit. I, I, uh, I started training back when I was being recruited by new Japan. And before they sent me to the dojo in Tokyo, I started in Los Angeles and Los Angeles for, uh, uh, for, you know, more or less was just an MMA agent, we did like zero pro wrestling. So a lot of that is is where, you know, I kind of cut my teeth as far as that sort of, um, you know, training and stuff goes. And ever since I was a teenager, it's always been part of of my training regimen, um, sometimes heavily, sometimes lightly. Uh, And a lot of the first guys that I was, you know, working with and training with were, um, you know, pretty high level guys like Josh Barnett, uh, Ryota Machida, before he went to UFC, Uh, he came and was working out there. So, I got to spar and roll around with him a lot. Herb Dean, who's a UFC referee. Uh, and we would get a lot of guys from like Shark Tank or like the Raw Center in LA that were, you know, in camp or something like that. They would kind of hold their camp in our facility because they had a really nice facility. So, you know, most <laughs> most of my early training is getting my ass kicked by those guys and uh, kind of getting a, a crash course in, in uh, you know, that, that world and that style of of training what
1: kind of uh what kind of styles uh what kind of fighting styles are you familiar with like what what are what is your background here
4: uh you know for the most part it was all muay thai and bjj that's pretty much what we did every day from from like 10 to 5 and we had different coaches that would come in and work with us you know at various times we had frank for a little while ken shamrock for a little while um we had some gracie teachers come in and work with us uh my bot, we had a a regular Western style boxing coach, like stand-up boxing, like, like what, uh, you know, most common boxing fans would, would know. And uh, our boxing coach for a while, before I debuted in Japan, was trying to talk me out of doing pro wrestling. He wanted me to uh, just work with him. I think it was mostly not because I was like an excellent boxer or anything like that. I mean, I, I had good hand speed and all that, but um, I think it's just more for my age and my potential and like my athleticism at the time. He really wanted me to, to quit and just uh, go into boxing. He wanted to try to you know take me to to the Olympics and do amateur um you know amateur stuff and then go from there.
1: Man, so so with this proposal here from Bellator, like what are your what are your issues going into it? What are you discussing here uh, right now that that you know would would help make this fight become possible if if you can find some middle ground?
4: Well, I mean, so there, there was like two ways for me to kind of look at it when when I first got wind of it and, and this is really all the same kind of things that, that really I'm weighing now, like initially um, I guess like anybody else, you know, I, I saw the fun in it. So like uh, it's not something that I ever wanted to do like professionally, obviously like my heart wasn't in it uh, when I was 17, 18 years old or else I probably would have gone into MMA or boxing then um, because I had a lot of people tugging me in that direction, but I, I always wanted to stick with pro wrestling. It's what I fell in love with. And, you know, obviously to this day, I still am. Right. Uh, but, you know, it, it was a lot of fun, you know, or it's a lot of fun, like thinking of of the because you know, I still train. And so, you know, I'm, I spar and roll all the time. So just the idea of getting in and doing something that I enjoy, you know, on that setting and, and obviously on that stage, is like the second biggest stage you can do it on. Um, sounds like a lot of fun. But then, you know, the adult in me kind of kicked in and I had to kind of think about other details of it. Primarily the issue for me uh, for the initial offer was just timing because it would have been on incredibly short notes. I probably would have maybe not been able to fit in barely an eight week camp, which is extremely short, yeah. you know, for people that kind of like understand like the fight game and everything like um, eight weeks or less is incredibly short. And, uh, and I think maybe because of like pro wrestling and the information statistics and stuff like that uh the the offer for the weight was was a bit too high for me it was like one maybe two classes above where where i would be like at a fighting weight at because uh yeah i'd have to gain to get to where they were looking at because it was like 170 or above initially and i'm really probably would be more of like a 155 guy if i was like, at a fight weight and properly training and everything.
1: I got you. So, wait, do you, so how did, how did they find out that you knew how to fight? Have you figured that out yet? Like, how Bellator knew yeah. to
4: approach you about this? No, no, I have no idea. I know that some people, uh, do know that, like, I can fight a little bit or that I, you know, have trained and done a lot of stuff like that, you know, previously, but honestly, I don't really know. I mean, it, kind of it it didn't even come through me it came to my manager so I'm not really sure and a lot of the people that I work with like through the Filipino community like um, you know on the business end or people kind of plugged into the MMA world like uh, producers and people that like promote it produce it or or work in some fashion with it so I mean there's a million and one different ways that it kind of could have come up but I never really ironed that part of it out because it's kind of irrelevant.
1: Have you uh, have you chatted at all with Jack Swagger or Hager? I know that he's found a lot of success in Bellator. I didn't know if you picked his brain at all about working with the promotion.
4: <laughs> uh, Swagger, no, I don't really know him that well. I've Met him a few times, um, so I don't, I don't, I haven't really spoken to him at all. Mostly, I just speak to like some of my old coaches and people that uh, that I've worked with in the past, like Barnett and some of my old grappling coaches, my standup coaches, and people like that.
1: Okay. Now, you, you know, Swagger's obviously a success story. The other pro wrestling to MMA story recently was CM Punk, and that didn't seem to go very well for him. Like, how much do you think a loss for you would affect your pro wrestling career?
5: Um,
4: you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's one of the things that I, I sort of think about more now, like now after the fact. Like, it's, it's a lot of fun to think about the offer and try to make it work. And obviously a lot of those details on top of just weight and scheduling like timing's a big issue too because pro pro wrestling is always going to beat my career yeah and um not like i mean this is a loose comparison it's not like direct but in the way that like pacquiao has to manage being a senator and fight like for me pro wrestling is always going to be 100 percent. so if i do anything else whether it's fighting or acting or any other type of profession i have to find time to mix in with that window this is the busiest i've ever been in my career but i didn't think that i would get even busier after year 20 but somehow that happened (laughs) and so yeah so that's really like a lot of the primary issue on top of like finding you know a middle ground on weight and running and things like that um so you know timing is a thing and so then you know you think about how it affects you know your career and for me i don't know how it would uh I mean, a lot of people like to see me get my face caved in anyway in pro wrestling. So <laughs> I, don't, well, but, I don't think that they would uh, – I don't think they would be less entertained by seeing me get dropped by right hand, I, you know. I think for me – because, uh, like,
1: I've had a couple days to think about this now. And I think for me, with if you do it – and it's totally on you – but, you know, for me, I think the reason people were so caught off guard – was because when I think of you, I think a fun gamer guy. I don't think, like, badass brawler. And I just think it adds such a different layer to you to, to, put, put, to put that out there that you can take a fight. Because I don't think a lot of people look at you in that regard, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's – I think primarily a lot. Like, there's two kinds of opinions on it. There's people that um, look at it maybe from like an educated and sort of like outside the box and like unbiased sort of view. And they think, okay, that that's just a thing. Like it's a possibility. And half that, there's really no opinion. Like when I speak to like, uh, you know, people I know, or like pick my coaches brains and stuff, they, they just approach it like, like uh, an opportunity. And, and some of them really liked it. And, uh, but then the, the other opinion is from, you know, people who have, definitely made up their mind <laughs> their mind about me but I think uh the thing is like for them m is sort of like a violent sort of thing and it's not they don't really look at it like a sport and like anything else it's a game you know and uh it's a game that that I you know I've played before like I tap out every day when I roll I, I get dropped from sparring all the time so doing it on a big stage is a hell of a lot more fun than that and so you know, I think that for some people, they, they only see the negative side of it. And for me, I just see maybe an opportunity to have some fun and do something if I have the time and it makes sense to do it professionally.
1: You sound like you want to take this fight if everything can line up and you can find the time. And like the time is the, the biggest thing. Like you said, you're so busy right now. Impact Wrestling is not slowing down. We just got some huge Impact news just yesterday, which we can talk about here in just a second. But how would Impact
4: – I mean, have you ta- have you brought this up to Impact? How
1: would they feel about you taking a fight?
4: <laughs> I, I did mention it, uh, at the last set of TV tapings a little bit, uh, but it was mostly casual and it wasn't really like big news or anything. It was just one of those things like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, uh, and, uh, you know, if you do it, like it was a supportive sort of thing. Uh, but I mean, it's not really that big of a thing because I think like, it's not really, it's not really a gateway or a bridge for me. Like if I did one, I don't think I would ever do a second one, win or lose, you know? Sure. so that's another reason why if it doesn't really make a lot of sense with all the details fitting in place, like I'm not too stressed about never having done it or not doing it at all. Like if it doesn't make sense, I just won't do it. Uh, But if it does and I could have some fun with it, then I would love to.
1: Now you were in Vegas at the most recent Impact TV tapings. You brought up Ken Shamrock earlier. He was actually on these tapings. Is this something that you got to chat with him at all and pick his brain about, you know, possibly taking a fight? (laughs)
4: <laughs> no, I, I saw him a little bit. Um, I actually talked to Stephen Bonner about it a little bit because I know him uh, a, a little bit as well. And um, I, I've mo- I've been around Bonner more than Shamrock and Lucy in recent years. I haven't seen Ken in like fifteen years or something like that. So, Man. um I didn't really get a chance to chat with him about it at all. though. No.
1: dude, he's still shredded. Ken Shamrock is still an effing machine, right? I mean, oh,
4: he's yeah, he's he's goals for for what I would love to be able to ease into later in my career.
1: (laughs) He's doing that bare-knuckle fighting now. Have you seen that, that Valor?
4: No, I haven't. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like you said, he's he's a machine, man. He's in incredible shape. Yeah. Uh,
1: Well, I did want to ask you here uh, while I got you, you know, that like I said, the big news here, uh, Anthem, you know, taking over the majority stakeholdership of Access TV. I mean, obviously, it seems like good news for you. What was the, the vibe of the locker room when you guys all found this out?
4: Uh, honestly, I don't know that anybody knew at the time that we were at TV because there was no meeting or anything about it. So maybe maybe they weren't ready to tell everybody yet, or maybe it hadn't been ironed out. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I, I, I'm <laughs> pretty notorious for that, too. Um, <laughs> I daydream a lot and I'm not, I'm usually not too terribly concerned about details of stuff that isn't, you know, something somebody needs me to do. But, uh, you know, I think that, that it's a step in the right direction for them. I, have felt for a while now that they had an incredible team and that, uh, the show and everything is, is about as complete of a package as it's ever been. I I personally think in having been there all various stages of the company's evolution, this is the best, form that it's ever been in but i just felt like the distribution deal was uh was holding them back and now they have a chance to uh to you know make up a lot of that ground really fast so I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunities it'll present
1: yeah it's pretty wild man To think impact new japan pro wrestling and women of wrestling could all be on the same channel i've never i've never heard of one channel hosting that much pro wrestling that seems like uh outrageous and awesome you know
4: yeah, it's kind of like having, like, everything else on a non-WWE network or something. <laughs> it's like It's just like half, not half a lineup, but like uh, a pretty big lineup that just has a lot of wrestling that's coming in all forms.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you here, I guess I'll, to wrap it up, you know, with Impact, you know, it seemingly being in bed with the platform now, like Access TV and, you know, having some more freedom here. You know, you got AEW and NXT on, on Wednesday nights. Would you like to see Impact join that fray and go head to head with these other two com- companies?
4: Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, part part of the wrestling fan in me likes to likes the idea of like the head to head competition, uh, and then part of me likes the like evolutionary approach. I, I think of uh, or the progressive approach. I should say of of exploring all the different mediums that we can present content now and just seeing if you could just do something totally different. Hmm. Um, Because, you know, at a certain point, the the world that we live in, and everybody lives in their various, you know, universes, whatever you do in life, but in the wrestling bubble that we all live in, um, you know, it's gotten so big and there's so much of it that it's kind of even hard to comprehend what head-to-head competition even is anymore because people are watching stuff in so many different ways communicating about it in so many different ways and so i just think that kind of concentrating on your own momentum first before you know you you may or may not leapfrog the competition that you were thinking of having at different you know stages rather than going in thinking we got to compete with one specific place but you know there's like eight places to compete with now so it's kind of crazy
1: yeah it is well like you said i the impact product has really never been stronger i'm with you on that i think a lot of fans are right now so really exciting time for impact really exciting time for you and so back to the bellator thing here uh how long until you think you uh you make up your mind how how, what's what's your timeline here how much time you given yourself to figure this out
4: (laughs) um i don't know i think the timeline is pretty much open. i don't think that there's really a window that it would end i just think that uh, scheduling is going to be the biggest hurdle and then weight sounds like it'll be the biggest hurdle because uh, initially the, like, I think once, once, the, once both sides kind of realized what kind of weight bracket I would really be in, you know, pro wrestling weights and stuff are inflated obviously.
1: Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so, are you telling uh, me two Oh five live was not on the level? <laughs> is that what <laughs> I find that difficult to believe?
4: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we did have real weigh-ins, which I thought was kind of funny, um, and we also had people really failing those weigh-ins, which I also think was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but for me, I, I think uh, I think in this case, like once it, once both sides kind of saw what weight I would really need to be at, it it made it a little bit further as far as the gap. So, and then you know, financially too, like like making like finding the right Like deal that would make sense for both sides because what would be a great offer for an MMA fighter on the place uh, like the card placement that I may be at um, may not necessarily make as much sense for me because I make differently as a pro wrestler so you know it's kind of hard because if I was 25 instead of 35 it might be different because you know taking essentially a quarter of your year or half a year you kind of lose that you know four months out of your life five months maybe you lose that to train and to go into this one thing but for me at 35 like this these are the best wrestling years of my life like this is these are my peak years so it's kind of hard to lose that much time and you know i have a family that i you know have a responsibility to if i was 25 it'd be different but at 35, I have to be a little bit more smart about that.
1: I feel you. All right, well, TJ, I want to thank you again for the time. Uh, anything else you want to plug put over
4: here before we wrap up the interview? Uh, no, I just uh, I'm 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 happy for for anybody that that's been following me so far this year. I've had a hell of a year. I didn't think that I would uh, cram this much stuff into it, and it seems like every day new stuff keeps falling onto my lap, which is essentially what (laughs) what brought us together today for this talk. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, thank you for everybody that's followed me on this journey and uh, for this year and and, like being able to return to impact and, and return to new Japan, do the super J cup. And, you know, all these things this year that has been a dream come true to me. So, you know, anything else I get after this is just icing on the cake and I'm just, I'm just happy, man. Loving life. WrestlingInc.com
6: is here Andy Bonowski with the legendary WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long and, and Teddy uh good to see you again haven't seen you since uh, WrestleCon in Manhattan tell us about tonight and uh what can we expect
7: Well first of all let me say what an honor it is for me to be here talking to you Andy mm-hmm. I mean you my man you know like <laughs> I said we talked at WrestleCon and the other thing about you you are a dapper just like uh, me thank see, you got this thank you. nice it's you know two do. piece on man and doing <laughs> the Teddy Long okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying That's but a player, good thing play All what right it's about. <laughs> well, let me talk (laughs) talk. Talk a little bit about you know what we're doing here. It's a great meet and greet. We've got such uh, superstars as WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley is in the house. Uh, Hall of Famer Jerry The King Lawler is here. We've got Dustin Runnels. He's here in the house, and of course we've got my man Funaki, SmackDown's number one (laughs) announcer. Funaki sir. And my man John Moxley headlining the big card here tonight in, in New York. Yeah, I know it's Grand, Pennsylvania. 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 Let's get that right. Play. It's close. To, it's close though. Pennsylvania, New York, close enough. You know? All right, <laughs> it's All close right.
6: enough. But um, you know, I had to ask you. You know, obviously a big thing is coming up in WWE. SmackDown moving to the Fox Network. Yes. I mean, tell us about that. I, I know that uh, you have a lot of history uh, being a general manager, being an official. Uh, how big is this to go back to network television?
7: Well, I think it's it's real huge. I mean, it's a great big move for SmackDown. I mean, it's certainly going to, you know, not, not, not that it's not already on the map, but it is certainly going to expand the SmackDown brand, and it's going to do a lot for the WWE. So, I mean, I'm real excited about it, and I can't wait, and I know the WWE universe can't wait to tune in to Fox Network for <laughs> SmackDown Live, player.
6: Yeah, and they're blasting the music. Things are getting pumped up. We're getting jacked up for tonight, and, uh, you know, Teddy, we talked at WrestleCon back in April, but Talking here today now in Pennsylvania is, you know, what makes a great manager? You've obviously had so much history going back to WCW
7: and beyond. Well, what makes a great manager? He has to have a great mouthpiece. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to be able to talk. If you can talk a good game and you got some guys behind you that can back it up, that makes you even greater. And to take you back to that, you know, I managed Butch Reed and Ron Simmons back in the day. Yeah. They were doomed. Yep. You know, I got two Boom. big monsters behind me, and I'm a little guy about 90 pounds <laughs> talking a whole lot of trash, yeah. but I got the big guys behind me to back it up. So a manager needs to, you know, be a good talker, and plus he needs to be a good strategist because sometimes he has to involve himself.
6: And <laughs> sometimes it's trouble. Sometimes it's trouble. But, but Teddy, um, obviously, big competition. That's going to be up. I know WWE and AEW going to be started. Uh, it already has started in many respects. But yes. um, talk about how competition brings out the best. I mean, WWE legitimately on, on a national scale hasn't had some since WCW back. Uh, TNA and Impact, of course, came in after that, but uh, talk about that in AEW. Obviously, today, there's AEW stars and WWE people here.
7: Right. Well, you know, like I said, it's always good to have competition. You know what I mean? The WWE is going to always be my home. But, you know, I wish much luck and success to the AEW, you know, the Ring of Honor, all these guys, you know, that are out there trying to, you know, do their business. You know, everybody wants to make money, and I want to see them make money. So. Like I said, competition is always good. But like I said, they can do whatever they want, but they're not going <laughs> to beat the WWE. You can believe that, player. Believe that, player. All right, Teddy Long. Last thing to the fans, right here. Just, you know, just, know just, before go, just before oh, we go, just before go, I'd like Absolutely. to do one thing. I'm here with uh, one of the promoters, uh, Anthony Alfonso. He's having a birthday today, and this is kind of a surprise it's to it's him. Birthday. And uh, Anthony, it's your birthday. I want to it's bring in on this. Come on Let's in. Go here. on in.
6: It's <laughs> yeah. great. This is his birthday. Yeah, this is birthday. Today's his birthday. Yeah. Well, wrestling.com wishes you a happy birthday, my friend. Thank you. How's it feel to be with uh, Teddy on your birthday? It's a real honor. I've been in this business for a couple years, and Teddy's one of my closest friends, so it's That's hard, right? well, believe that, player. And right happy birthday, birthday to Anthony. wrestling.com right here, player. That's thank it. You. Thank you so much, Teddy. We appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Play. Thank you, man. I
5: appreciate it.
3: How are you, Britt? I'm
0: great. How are Good.
3: you? Good. Hey, so uh, you're from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh. How does it feel that AEW is coming to Pittsburgh? And when oh after it happens, where are you gonna go to eat? What's on your what's oh, what place that, you gonna go that like
0: that announcement for me was like as exciting as these huge pay-per-views we're doing because for me the, the Peterson Event Center is where we're running. It's right next to the dental school building that I graduated from. And the Peterson Event Center, we call it the Pete in Pittsburgh. Um that's where I used to study like every single day for all my exams. So it's so such a like worlds collide thing for me and if everything comes full circles amazing. I'm so excited. And where am I gonna go to eat? Oh man. I'm a big tavern wings type of girl but I feel like I gotta take everyone to Permanent's right yeah. we have exactly. to go to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: Right, I want to ask you about the, about the Battle royal and the, bit All out. and the idea that, you know, there's not really been, I mean, I know there's been a Women's Royal Rumble, but there's not been, like, a big Women's Battle royal and AEW kind of set the bar with Battle royals already. How are you feeling going into it, and in terms of the Women's Division, like, what are you, what are you guys going to try and do to stand out and be different from any other Women's Division?
0: Well, I think the nature of the game with the with the Casino Battle Royale already stands out, just the rules, and, and you know, there's a lot of fun um, chaos for better beautiful chaos for better mm. Earth. but as far as standing out um it, you guys really don't really you don't have a huge idea of the people that are going to be in the battle royale so there's Do you want to give us some names i, I will not i don't want to my <laughs> job. but um so basically we're i think we're so different because we have contracted women and non-contracted women and it's just like a beautiful mix of both of them so we have some of the best wrestlers in the world but you guys really have no idea who is coming out, so I think that's just going to really set the bar. Just the pure excitement, on top of the fact that they're amazing wrestlers. On top of it,
8: you, you can't. You said you can't name names or tease names, but what is a non-contracted talent or woman you would like to work with?
0: Oh, it feels like everyone's under contract right now. Someone I would like to work with. I, I don't think she's officially under contract, but I love Teneal. I know she's working with Impact, but she's not officially. Contracted. Teneil's a big one. I also, basically anybody on the Shimmer roster right now. I think they're all amazing. I'm big swole. She's gonna be in the Battle Royal. She's not contracted officially, but I think she's amazing as well. Eva um, is for me. That's a big one to keep an eye on because she's fantastic. I don't know if you guys have seen her, but wow, she's amazing. She's an amazing wrestler.
3: Who in AEW that you haven't got to lock up with yet? Which are you looking forward to kind of mixing up with in the Battle Royal or just in singles competition too?
0: Well, I uh, have already locked up with her, but I'm will. I really uh, am uh, gearing to get a singles match with B Priestley for a few reasons. Um, I've been as far as that. Pretty much anybody. I'd love to have singles with Nyla because she's amazing, and she, you know she also likes to run her mouth. So I'd like to kind of help her shut it a little bit. <laughs> um, anybody, uh, Awesome Kong. Everybody would love to have it. You know, you have to bite your tongue going into that one and pray and hope for the best. But Awesome Kong is amazing. Um, Sadie Gibbs, everybody, everybody in the women's division. I won, I won a singles match because they're all so
5: good. Can you take us back to Double or Nothing? And there was that triple threat match, and Brandy comes out, and almost like she was going to be in it and be like, oh no, the Stephanie thing again. And she introduced Awesome Kong, and the place goes nuts. What was that experience like for you in that day? And like, like people remember that moment of like it becoming the four way, and all the elements of that match changing.
0: I had goosebumps. When I heard the reaction, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, it, and we knew that the place was going to go nuts, but not I, – I mean, I don't think anybody could prepare for that because it was just insane. And as far – that that match couldn't have won any better. It was everything we wanted. We had the surprise element. We had the – you know, the we established the right away, hey, this is uh, the women that we're going to have in AEW, and this is just a it's little taste. It's not at all – what you can expect for the rest of the time to come, because we we're just barely getting started. You know, we have so much more to show you guys, and so much more
8: to prove, and we will. Britt, um, you've worked at Chicago Independent Scene in like Zillow Pro and Warrior mm-hmm. Wrestling, and now you're gonna be working in front of eleven thousand people for AEW. What's that feel like for you?
0: Uh, well, I did it last year because I was on the women's match for All In, so it's kind of. Uh, to return here for me is super meaningful because I feel like All In is kind of what put me on the map for a lot of people because um, I wasn't on any television programs or any you know larger promotions as far as wrestling goes so for me a lot of a lot of people didn't know who Brett Baker was so for me to debut at All In that's for me I think my big moment where where people came, came to know who I am right we
8: had um when Adam was over for download we had him on and he couldn't have been more effusive in his praise and how proud he was have you had that awkward conversation about Wednesday nights yet
1: there's
0: no no awkward conversation um he's a fantastic wrestler he's my favorite wrestler to watch I think he's absolutely wonderful he's so entertaining but at the end of the day you're gonna watch AEW live on Wednesday night and then you can watch him on TNT or on the WWE network whenever you want at another time but you have to watch us live TNT
5: how did you find out about the idea it's going to be head-to-head? And does that change, for you guys being the wrestlers in the AEW, does that change the goal, change the mindset? It
0: doesn't change anything for us because we're still what we are. We're new, we're fresh, we're, we're you know an alternative to, to what you're watching wrestling right now. Um, and as far as how I found out, uh, my boyfriend just came home from a meeting one day. I was at, they were filming TVs at Full sale, and he came home and said, oh my gosh, guess what? We're going to be running head-to-head. And it's like, well... Let the games begin. All is fair in love and war, right?
8: Brandy Realms is obviously uh, uh, Brandy. Brandy Rhodes is obviously at the helm here um, for the AEW Women's Division, and equality is very important to both the company and to Brandy. What have you noticed inside of AEW that has made equality more of a bigger issue for you guys? What are the differences between other companies you've worked for in the past? How is that playing out uh, as you've seen inside of AEW?
0: Um, well, this is my first major company that I'm signed and working for. And as far as, you know, the inside versus the outside, what you see is what you get. There's no secrets or, or any any hidden agenda or anything. It's, it, equality is a huge priority for us, and, and we're showing you that on the outside, and it's, it carries on to the inside as well.
3: Is there a certain aspect, like, uh, wrestling style-wise, is there something that you've wanted to work on, anything in regards to, like, who, like, film or anybody you want to watch in particular that you're like, oh, I want to kind of adapt that into my move style or Arsenal or anything like that? Yeah, um,
0: actually, Sarah Stock, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you guys know her. She's a producer or an agent for WWE, actually, but she is a tremendous wrestler. She did so much amazing work in in Japan and in Mexico, and I think I study her more than anybody now. I just think she's great.
5: That's awesome. You know, a lot of fans are buzzing because, you know, there's this current change is great change in the pro wrestling atmosphere some of us who grew up in the 90s have this whole nostalgia feel but you know the fans journalists were excited about it what is it like being a wrestler in this time period
0: um it's it's really exciting because I feel like we're in the position that everybody wants to be because everybody wants to be a part of something that's new and fresh everybody wants to write write the history books so for us that's what the position we're in and we have, we have nowhere to go but us. So yeah, you're taking a chance, you're taking a risk, but it's it's a fun one and it's, it's an exciting one. So I am in the best position I could ever be in and all I can tell my friends that are jealous is, hey, sorry.
8: <laughs> you said it's your first time working with a major company. Mm-hmm. How excited are you about doing weekly tv about going into that world versus the indies and what's your kind of expectations
0: i'm excited i'm also i mean obviously nervous because it's the pressure of live tv Um, i I also have the added stress of keeping my dental career in check because i am going to be out of the office on wednesdays and and then flying (laughs) back home on thursdays as soon as i get off the plane i gotta put my scrubs on and go straight to the office again but uh, i'm really i'm so excited we have the absolute best team and and staff with our agents and producers working with us helping us and TNT's been absolutely fantastic so it's 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 all gonna be wonderful I just ready for it to happen so the the nerves can kind of shake off a little bit
3: I did some TV spots for WWE in the past did that prepare you at all for AEW or is the production aspect a little bit too different uh, for it to have really mattered
0: so my TV spots were about like thirty seconds long, and me just getting my ass kicked in WWE. So that I don't think that really prepared me for anything other than uh, maybe uh, signing the contract on AW a little quicker. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I have no ill will towards uh, WWE. My boyfriend works there. I had a great relationship with them. This was just the, this is the better option for me at this time. Obviously, with the whole dental career being the main thing, because like I said, I can work Monday through. Friday, with the exception of Wednesday, in the dental office, where at NXT it's just not a possibility.
3: To How does, do more? Have you felt like uh, have you noticed any kind of crossover in between the dental like any of your patients people coming in or anything like that? Yeah. To a lot, yeah. a
0: lot more recently too. People um, come in like, oh hey, I, you're, I, I'm, a, I'm a wrestling fan, and I just want to <laughs> let you know I'm a huge fan. And and even in the locker room, there are people will call me, hey, I have a dental question real quick, and it's it's I love it though. I love when they cross over because I get to you know kind of flaunt my my <laughs> intelligence a little bit. So it's rewarding. I love it.
8: Most people who have had this, most people who have been pursuing professional wrestling as a full-time career have a job that's not as, uh, I will say, maybe quite as professional as being a dentist. Um, uh, and a dental career, how do you balance the needs of that with the needs of professional wrestling, which are both very high energy, high intelligence, high focus jobs?
0: You just can't think about it. It's more of a don't think, just do thing. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, I know I have to do this, 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 and this, and it's just it has to get done and that's what you do you have to wake up you have to go to the office you have to do do any office after office paperwork you have to go to the gym you have to go to the ring and train and then you eat and then you get a little bit of sleep and wake up and do it again you can't really stress and freak yourself out with everything that there is to do you just have to say hey you have to do it i'm going to do it that's it
1: Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news of the day. Thank you to TJP, Teddy Long, Andy Malnowski, Britt Baker, and our own Michael Weissman for fielding the StarCast Media scrums. Uh, We are going to be back tomorrow uh, with more news from Justin and I. Uh, We'll also have some great interviews. I sat down with uh, one and only Paul Lazenby. I've had this one sitting in my uh, uh, recorded interviews uh, section for a while. I really liked it. I was waiting for the right time to bring it along because we've had so much content here coming out of all that StarCast weekend, but I'm finally going to lay it on you. Paul going will be here tomorrow. Uh, Michael Weissman's interview with Jerry the King Lawler will be on the show here. And we have our final bit of StarCast Media Scrum Audio. You're going to hear from the one and only Tully Blanchard tomorrow as well. So a big stack show to end the week. And after the show is done tomorrow, we don't stop here at Wrestling Inc. Friday through Sunday, we got three big shows that we are covering here on the site. we got Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 2, AAA's Invading New York from the Garden, and WWE Clash of Champions, of course, is this Sunday night. So busy, busy week. For the world of pro wrestling, we are the place to keep up with it, WrestlingInc.com. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today?
2: Uh, two things. One, this Friday, again, IWC Wrestling Show at Wheeling Island Casino. Kevin Nash meet and greet at 5 p.m. I believe it's 20 bucks on meet and greet, so that's a great price to come meet the Hall of Famer. Uh, Ward will be on the show. I'll be there. It'll be a great time. Uh, and a new, a new thing to plug, I'll, I'll give more details and more reminder as we continue to get closer. But obviously, October 2nd, that is that is the destination of Wednesday. We're waiting to see uh, NXT up against the debut of AEW Wednesday night. Uh, if you're in Pittsburgh or can get to Pittsburgh, I will be hosting a viewing party at 1311 bar on the South side, eight televisions. We'll have NXT and AEW on. I believe the audio is going to be on AEW since the first show. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. Watch history with me, debate what's going on. Uh, domestic bottles, $7 Captain Morgan or Smirnoff Vodka Pitchers. Uh, It's going to be a great time. So again, it's October 2nd, right in downtown Pittsburgh. I'll remind you about it, but that's something if you want to come out, uh, it should be a great night.
1: Awesome. Yes, and I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Give me a follow. Thank you very much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.